Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up? Welcome. Let's talk sports. It's a Monday. We're coming to you from the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Kanoa Leahy here in the house. And if there was ever a day that I could have used a personal mental health type of day... It's today because uh, I have been the uh, very outspoken resident Detroit Lions fan. Um, Dave Reardon even did a column on it that was in the newspaper yesterday. And there was another column that accompanied the Ane family and, and talked about Charlie Ane being a member of the pre-Super Bowl era championship uh, Detroit Lions franchise. And uh, there were some good feels and good vibes in the air, even if it wasn't going to lead to a Lions victory. Uh, and then what happened? happened where they folded uh like a uh, <laughs> oh man they, they just it was it was one of the all-time colossal collapses in uh, nfl history akin to the atlanta falcons and some of these other crazy comebacks that we've seen in football and so i'm bumming man i'm bumming but to help me put things into perspective and carry on the conversation uh we have uh, my guy resident football guru rich miano's in the house rich how's it going man well, first of all, I'm here for you from a mental health <laughs> standpoint. And you almost turned me, you know, I watched Hard Knocks a couple of years ago, right? Became a big fan of Rodrigo when he gets an interception. The the, the Lions, even mm. though our relationship with Jesse Sapolo and the 49ers, sure, sure. it was still one of those things where if the Cinderella team wins, if this organization, D- Detroit, happens to win again, and, and the excitement in that city and throughout the fandom, throughout the country, any Lions fans, it still would have been one of those almost feel-good, scenarios but I felt bad for you yeah you know it's so funny because if it happened any other way if they lose by three points in the NFC championship and say that it is uh, one of the games uh, one of those kinds of games where it was maybe back and forth or the 49ers had a a big lead and the Lions kind of caught up in the end but didn't quite get there uh, we'd be sitting here today and I'd be beaming like wow what a season this was for the Detroit Lions and the future is bright and Dan Campbell he's the man and you gotta love him I love his mentality but the fact that it happened the way it did now just leaves you in this uh, place of, of, of absolute angst and is all too familiar uh, as a Detroit Lions fan. Like, that was the most Lions kind of way to lose in an NFC Championship game with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. Uh, I know we got a lot of 49er fans out there, so I am opening myself up. If you want to call in and you want to gloat, uh, or if you want to text in, you can do that. You can text in 808-296-1420 via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Um, But let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of that. And we also obviously have the AFC uh, Championship game and uh, what happened to the Ravens because it felt like these were two conference title games where you didn't necessarily have two teams that won those games as much as it's easier to identify the two teams that lost those games if that makes any sense like there are two teams that really kind of gave to a degree those opportunities away I mean if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you hold Patrick Mahomes and we're talking about that Patrick Mahomes the one we saw in the first half where he was going like MJ mode like this dude was like greatness personified Uh, he was locked in he looked like the world beater the uh, cyborg that Patrick Mahomes is but you hold him to 17 points you're the Baltimore Ravens 
you probably need or should win that game, right? You need to win that game. For the Detroit Lions, you're up uh, 24-7 at, at halftime, um, and you have a chance to kick a field goal, say, in, early in the third quarter after the 49ers kick a field goal to go back up by three possessions. You probably got to do that. And the comedy of errors that would uh, come about in the second half here uh, for the Detroit Lions, it makes me feel like it was not two teams that really sort of proved themselves to pull out victory as much as two teams that were the more inexperienced two teams of uh, this this group of four uh, that just didn't know what to do with themselves when the opportunity to go to a Super Bowl actually presented itself. Yeah, and when it was 24-7 at halftime, obviously sticking on the 49ers-Detroit game, they were physically dominated the 49ers offensively on the offensive line, defensively on the defensive line. It was physical domination to the point where I didn't know how that the 49ers could get back into this football game as long as Detroit continued to run the ball, as long as there was continued play-action pass, as long as they were physically dominant on defense, which they were that first half. It almost looked like Steve Wilkes would be replaced at halftime because I've never seen that 49ers defense <laughs> look so anemic, missed tackles at the second and third levels, getting pushed uh, back on the line of scrimmage, and even their offensive line, which is usually dominant in terms of Christian McCaffrey could not run the football. They were getting pressure. There was not a lot of completions. Kittle was not involved in the passing game. It looked bleak for the 49ers. So to me, that was a tale of two halves. Yeah, so uh, we got some text messages uh, coming in. Again, you can also call in 808-296-1420. One question was, uh, did you watch the game at a bar? If so, how was the atmosphere in the amount of Detroit versus San Francisco fans? I did not watch it at a bar. I watched it at a friend's house, Chris Benjamin house and he's from Detroit he's a Detroit Lions fan like a super fan uh, and it was a lot of fun you know I started thinking about it and, and I <laughs> actually over the years haven't really watched a lot of Lions football with other bona fide Lions fans because there just aren't that many and the the ones that I do keep in touch with sort of in different places and we text all the time but I've, it's probably been like a good 20 years since I sat there watching a Lions game with like someone who is just like me a bona fide Lions fan and in his case he's from Detroit and uh, he had all the gear, and uh, he was playing the uh, the record of the Lions fight song every time they scored, and it was a lot of fun. It was really great. So I don't necessarily know what the ratio would be at any said sort of sports bar in town. I can bet, though, that it was uh, heavily painted red wherever uh, you would have uh, possibly been taken in that game. Uh, we have another uh, text message here. This is a uh, joke on YouTube. Dan Campbell playing blackjack gets 18 and says, hit me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would I like love it. to see that. Like, there's a lot of different bits you could do based on Dan Campbell in certain situations. Uh, Gamblers Gam- Anonymous. That's right. <laughs> this uh, texter actually uses that term. Gambled away two field goals, lost by three. Also ran the ball with under two minutes left on the Niners' three-yard line. That's right, on a... a on a uh, third down, which forced them to have to use one of their three timeouts. They could have effectively gotten the ball back, at least for a little while. Um, forcing the Lions to burn a timeout, allowing the Niners to run out the clock at the end. Great motivator, poor strategist, poor Kanoa. Uh, that last part, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think 
Uh, you know, we, we, we get into this conversation a lot in football, right? In, in modern sports in general, analytics, and it's such a huge part of the way uh, we now uh, strategize and scheme, not just in football, but in all of the sports, right? Even the way they play basketball now, but certainly baseball is one uh, heavy uh, influenced by analytics and the metrics of the game. Uh, and so that is one of the very direct debates here today is particularly uh, in that first opportunity for the Lions where I think they were at the San Francisco 28 it's a uh, fourth down and Dan Campbell decides to go for it as opposed to kicking the field goal this was after San Francisco got the ball to open the third quarter they get a field goal on that possession and so you have an opportunity here to kick the field goal and go back up by three possessions back up by 17 points uh, the analytics uh, would say and it, the margins are very small here it's it's almost an even trade just in terms of the math and the analytics uh, but it's slightly in favor of going for it on fourth down. Uh, but here's my problem with the analytics is it doesn't necessarily take momentum into account, nor does it account for the circumstance. You're in an NFC championship game. You are having an opportunity to possibly go to the Super Bowl. And so, yeah, maybe in any given normal situation with that much time on the clock, third quarter, that position of the field, at any other point in the season, the analytics would say yeah you uh, you go for it the math would be on your side to go for it on fourth down but that doesn't take the situation into account and for me you have to value possessions you have to play the possession game there's a Super Bowl hanging in the balance you go back up by three possessions I don't even think that should be up for debate yeah and, and analytics right is the gestation stage of artificial intelligence and you'll <laughs> see on the sidelines of the NFL eventually if not sooner depending upon how they try to limit this is you'll be able to ask that question should I go for it here in these scenarios and those answers will be given to you but you're you're right you'll never you should never take the human element out of it you should never take momentum you never should take emotion out of these decisions and even though that's Dan Campbell guess what Dan Campbell's never won a Super Bowl as a coach the Detroit Lions have never won a Super Bowl in 58 years here's a scenario going up by three scores creates pressure for the opponent changes play calling changes how you play defense all of those scenarios Again, the human element should never be taking out, taken out of these these scenarios, and you should not be able to hide behind analytics. Yeah, you know, I think that's 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 valid. I, I think the analytics are another piece of the puzzle. Like it's more data, and I think that's the value of it. It's a, it's it's added information to help you come up with a decision in any given moment, and so it should be taken into account. I'm I'm definitely not one of those who is sort of banging the drum of uh, analytics are bad for the game. No, I think they're great for the game, uh, and I think Dan Campbell's sort of moxie over the course of a season of being the guy that's good going to be a little more gung-ho. We're going to go for it more than anybody on fourth down in the NFL. Like, I think there's an empowerment to that. That message to his players is valid. I I think that that's something that has resonated. Yes. But again, you have to consider situations. Uh, It comes down to you've never been in this kind of game before, uh, and you have to value possessions. I I would compare it to, because analytics are obviously really huge in baseball, right? Right. Uh, And you look at now modern day uh, baseball, especially at the major league level, 
where uh, there, there, there's very little now uh, small ball being played over the course of the regular season. You don't see a lot of guys bunting guys over. You don't see a lot of stolen bases, that kind of thing. Uh, maybe a few teams here or there still adhere to some of that. Uh, but basically, it's a, you go up there and you swing for the fences and you either strike out or you hit a home run. Like That's yeah. what it's about. And basically, the, the math would lead you to believe that that's the way to go because over uh, X amount of time, if you have a certain kind of hitter, then you're going to score X number of runs. And in the end, you're going to have uh, likely... Uh, uh, estimated amount of wins that'll get you maybe into the postseason, whatever it is, right? Uh, you will have, uh, you will achieve certain statistical uh, milestones. Um, but that said, once you get into the postseason in baseball, you will see when you get deeper into series, all of a sudden small ball starts to reintroduce itself. The value of a base in those moments becomes such that you start to see guys laying down bunts, bunting players into scoring position because the thought process changes. Because it's not just, oh, these are the analytics that are applied over this huge sample size. Now it's like, this is the moment. You have to measure yourself in this particular instance, and you have to value, in the case of baseball, bases, once again, like you would in the old school days. And in football, to me, you have to value possessions, and especially as it pertains to the scoreboard. Yeah, and, and if you were to talk to Bill Walsh or uh, Bill Belichick or even Andy Reid, who's kind of upper echelon in terms terms of age, I would imagine the this whole analytics thing gets tossed out the window. They still may want to know what the analytics say, but they're going to decide on their experience, what they feel, what their emotions are, what the adrenaline is like, what the, the, the type of situation in the game is, what does this mean in terms of possessions and opposite play calling. So there's so many different it's more of a young man's type of thinking. And like you said, it should be used because there are some situations like now you're down by 14, you go for two on that first yeah. touchdown mm-hmm. try. It probably does make sense, 53% to yeah. 47%. But at the same time, these scenarios require not only a sense of urgency, but a sense of emotion, adrenaline, uh time of you know the the moment so to speak and, and it's that's not taking place we're going too much to the computers yeah we got uh, more text messages coming in uh to kainoa and rich <laughs> uh nobody in the media mentioning that the 49ers game was sur- similar to auburn losing to alabama uh when they were down 24 7 at halftime that was cam newton time i believe um oh yeah he goes on to say yeah cam newton leading auburn to the, the historic 28 uh, 27 uh, victory uh then goes on to um suggest that uh, 49ers futures odds were 7-1. to one. Uh, 49ers actually the slight favorite going into the Super Bowl, which is a bit of a surprise to me. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, another texter says, uh, hey, Kanoa, uh, Raiders fan since 1968, but used to like the Lions in the early 70s because of quarterback Greg Landry. Therefore, I was rooting for the Lions yesterday and was sad that they lost. Kanoa, I feel for you. I appreciate some of the pity. I am not above pity or sympathy, <laughs> not on a day uh, like this. Uh, Kanoa is right about the vagaries of analytics again like uh, analytics are a piece of the puzzle and it's interesting because rich you're in here and I, I think one of the more most valuable aspects of of having you as a resource here in these discussions is you've seen the game from so many different angles including the coaching angle uh, and with this introduction of analytics uh, with sort of that idea of also however listening and feeling for your your gut right and kind of knowing your guys knowing momentum knowing you know levels of 
confidence and that kind of thing. And it sounds like you are absolutely on board that in that situation, uh, and there's no guarantee. Hey, look, there's no guarantee that a kicker is going to make a field goal either. You can have a bad snap. It can get blocked. You can miss it. Uh, and so that also should be stated. Uh, but I almost feel like because momentum is so huge and obviously was so big in that game that even if you miss the field goal, the swing of momentum isn't as profound as if you go for it on fourth down and the and you don't get it or the defense stops you. I almost feel like that's a, a bigger hit uh, towards the, the pendulum of momentum swing uh, than if you miss a field goal. Agree. Um, and, and also it leads to these other changing your game plan like you know greg olson kept on saying the 49ers christian mccaffrey has only averaging i don't know there's three rushers for detroit they were out averaging the the nfl's leading rusher well guess what you still got to keep running that guy because he's gonna pop one yeah. sooner or later you don't go away and that's why i think ben johnson the offensive coordinator you know they tried to run the ball i think it was the first and second possession and they didn't have a lot of success on first or second down guess what they went away from the mm-hmm. run you cannot just go away from your game plan because the other team went into the halftime and decided to stop the run it, it was this was a colossal loss because of the physical domination in the first yeah. half getting away from your game plan in the second half going for it when you should have kicked field goals there were so many things that i think mentally and physically the detroit lions didn't do like you say if they would just had a close game against the 49ers you would feel so different about this team but look <laughs> at the atlanta falcons when they lost yeah. to the new england patriots it's it almost went like they fast. were never the yeah. same again. And yep. I don't know if that will happen, but <laughs> mentally and physically, you have to feel bad. Oh, we'll get back there in about 30 more years. Uh, 808-296-1420 uh, is the number to call. Uh, Kanoa, this is a texter, and with you and the rest of the Honolulu Blue Gang, mourning the Lions' second half collapse. Too many missed opportunities to slam the door shut on the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, you had uh, Josh Reynolds, who was dropping passes left and right. Looked like Kadarius Tony in a Lions <laughs> uniform. Uh, you, you know, you had an interception or possible interception that goes off of the defender's face mask and a great catch uh, by Brandon Ayuk. And um, hey, look, the 49ers made the plays when they needed to. Brock Purdy with his legs able to escape trouble time and time again, get key third down conversions. Um, and so, you know, props to the, to the Niners. But um, I don't think you watch that game and feel like, oh, the Niners really took it from them as much as, wow, the Lions just fumbled it almost literally away. Yeah, and it almost reminded me of the three out of the last four games for the University of Hawaii football when Braden Shager decided to run the football. And when Purdy converted those three, I think for 52 yards, whatever those carries were, I mean, you don't think of him as somebody that actually is a, a, a dual threat, a plus one. But those were key plays in that football game. And you have to have that ability. But it still shows you that a pass first, Patrick Mahomes, run second if everything breaks down, is the still the true element to winning championships. All right, got another texter. No pity here, partner. What about the Niners and what they did do? Hi, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I just said that they, they, they made the plays uh, that they needed to make. Um, you know, you could see the momentum uh, changing in real time, and they took advantage, and Brock Purdy, they had to do it the previous week against the Packers, too. Brock Purdy showing a little bit of that clutch gene, right? And I don't want to throw out, he was in the house, but I don't want to throw out the legendary name of Joe Montana too easily, uh, but there there are some in this incredible story that is Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, now leading a team to the Super Bowl. There is some Montana-esque uh, 
ness uh, in the ether Size, there. speed, arm strength, they're all pretty similar, right? And here's a young guy in, again, only his second season as a, as a full-time quarterback. So if they can win the championship, then you might be able to talk about him in, the, in, in a similar breath. But it's almost like Patrick Mahomes in the same breath as Tom Brady. There's still a long ways to go, but the trajectory is strong on Brock Purdy. And I'm so glad because there's so many haters of Brock Purdy out there. There's so many haters of some of these quarterbacks out there. And it was good to see him play so well in the second half. Yeah, he is a great story. There's no denying that. Uh, all right, we're going to go up uh, against a commercial break here. So let's uh, take a break. When we come back, I still want to talk about the Ravens-Chiefs game uh, and then talk about this Super Bowl matchup. Speaking of which, you can watch the NFL's big game with friends at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar, home of the big video wall, new menu featuring crispy lechon pork, chili with bacon-wrapped hot dog, pizza made to order, plus chopstick, garlic shrimp, and a whole lot more. 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl in the Pearl City Shopping Center. Rich Miano's in the house. We'll be back. Welcome back. Texter says, question on head coach Dan Campbell, rolling the dice on fourth down. Disagree on going for the first down. When your defense is keeping you in the game by holding a high-power offense out the gate, second half, first drive to a field goal, it's a win for Detroit and the defense. Now you drive, you can put your team and your defense back up by three scores. Uh, that would have been huge. Absolutely. Fourth down stop. Changed the game. Detroit couldn't get their offense going again. Uh, this is the Texter saying, it's just my opinion and hopefully they have an opportunity again next year. Detroit had a great season. Hats off to the 49ers great game and comeback good luck going forward for both teams super bowl is going to be an awesome matchup and as mentioned uh the 49ers the early slight favorites uh, in that uh, super bowl matchup you, you know i like something you said earlier in the show when you stop someone on fourth down i always say on our broadcast it's a turnover on downs it doesn't count officially in the turnover statistics but it's a huge momentum play you miss a field goal it's a bummer but it's still not the same momentum swing so i agree and i think that the field goals should have been kicked and it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i like well, what you said we, about that we can we can thank you we can lament uh, all we want there uh, we have our super bowl matchup though and I do want to talk about the AFC side uh, again 808-296-1420 the number to call text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line and, and some other stuff to get to obviously uh, UH football starting its spring practice schedule uh, here this morning some changes on the coaching staff and other areas of the staff we'll get into that here uh, in a little bit but wanted to talk Ravens Chiefs because again I, I felt like especially the way the Ravens have been playing all year. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson obviously kind of reverted back to a Lamar Jackson or a version of himself uh, that has been criticized in playoff scenarios, um, even throughout certain stretches of, of previous regular seasons. Um, but that's a game when you hold... Uh, you saw how sharp Patrick Mahomes was yeah. early, right? And I thought Gronk made a really good point in uh, the coverage where he's saying, hey, look, people were always talking about the Chiefs and through the regular season, these bumps in the road, and they couldn't catch the ball, and Kelsey was dropping the ball, and people were talking about his decline. And Gronk knows this better than anybody, right? When he was with the Patriots, and, you know, his body was being held together by duct tape, right? But in those Super Bowls, in those high-leverage playoff situations... He 
He says there's something about that just catching your attention, and it forces you to lock in and focus, and you can then be, again, your best self because you are interested. He says for guys like this, a KC team that makes it to the conference championship under Patrick Mahomes just about every year, uh, this is now their fourth Super Bowl in five years, um, he says, you know, sometimes going through the rigors of the regular season can get boring. And it's kind of interesting to hear Gronk say that. And, and now you see them engaged again, and you saw how incredible Patrick Mahomes was. That said, the Ravens still held them to 17 points and kept them in check in that second half. And so the opportunity presented itself for Baltimore uh, time and time again to get back into that game. You end up having a uh, interception in the end zone thrown into triple coverage uh, by Lamar Jackson. Zay Flowers, who had about as rough a three-part stretch uh, as you could ever imagine for a single player uh, in an NFL playoff scenario, but he fumbles at the one, goes into the end zone. Uh, he gets called for the taunting penalty. He gashes his finger when he's uh, you know taking it out on the bench and that kind of stuff. What do we do with the Baltimore Ravens? Here, Rich, because I think what 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 is what is talked about surrounding the discourse around the Chiefs, I think, is pretty established, right? Like they're yeah. good, and Patrick Mahomes can never be counted out ever. But for the Baltimore Ravens, who I think clearly were going into this playoff, uh, this, this postseason, they were clearly the best team in the NFL. What do we do with them? What do we do with Lamar Jackson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the scenario, right? When you talk about the domination of the Baltimore Ravens, how they beat teams, and they beat them by two scores or more. They beat seven playoff teams. I mean, Lamar's the MVP. And that's another argument I have. Why is the MVP given out amongst the regular season? Why are the playoffs... And and the postseason not include. That's a whole nother argument, right? Then I got into this conversation with Brian Baldinger about the three best quarterbacks in the National Football League. I said, I don't know how you don't include Josh Allen. He goes, Rich, I love Josh Allen, but it's not even a question. It's Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Well, again, Lamar didn't show his true colors. He's still in that conversation of being one of the greatest. But it really showed that if you can get him to beat you in the pocket, he's not going to do that. But when you look at the big picture, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's Lamar Jackson, think about this. If it's not for Patrick Mahomes, those guys would win Super Bowls. We would be talking about them in a different... There's the kryptonite in the AFC. And right now, as you mentioned earlier, five out of six Super Bowls and the road has run through Kansas City. And that's why... Patrick Mahomes is the greatest player. And I agree wholeheartedly what you said. Sometimes the regular season can be monotonous. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things going on in these these people's lives and injuries and all these other things. The Kadarius Tony situation and, you know, obviously Taylor Swift situation. But when the chips are on the line, Patrick Mahomes' first half of football was Brady-esque. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was unreal. That that throw to Gronk in the, I mean, to uh, Kelsey in the end zone. Was I mean, he's like, it, it just fitted in his pocket like it would look like Kelsey uh, who couldn't have been covered better didn't even need to really try uh, to make that catch and so yeah I think that Patrick Mahomes is a dangerous dangerous dude which then leads me to be a little surprised that the 49ers are the early favorite in this Super Surprise. Bowl matchup and, and that's really only based 
on what we saw from the two teams yesterday uh, because that Patrick Mahomes, like that's the guy that's going into Vegas in two weeks. That guy is like MJ-type status 100%. and mode. And, and the other thing, too, is right. think about this Super Bowl is in Las Vegas, right? So it's a kind of a semi-dome, Yeah, correct? Legion Stadium. Legion Stadium. The weather will be good. If this game was in cold, windy, rainy weather, I'd give Mahomes even a larger advantage. I'm still surprised San Francisco's one-point favorite because we all saw Brock Purdy wiping his hands, ball slipping out of his hands two weeks ago in the wind and the rain and the cold weather. So to me, this does favor San Francisco. They do have all of these weapons. But in, I think we're still reminiscing about Kansas City's struggles in the regular season. But again, this is playoff Chiefs. This is Mahomes to Kelsey. This is those cornerbacks that can, I don't know about shutting down shutting down Debo and Ayuk, but that's, those are two incredible corners. Yeah, and you know, the way the 49ers have uh, defended the run, you would think that Isaiah Pacheco Whoa, would have some success, the wild right? card right there. I'm a Pacheco guy. I, I said this to myself and I tweeted it out to somebody today. Basically, to me, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, and he's incredible, as good as Kelsey is, this offense doesn't go with that running game and that guy runs as violent as I've ever seen a running back and he's not the biggest guy but you talk about laying some wood offensively yeah. this dude brings it uh, Josh Pacheco's going to take out that little uh, sound bite by the way and uh, put it in an ad for his show you'll be were you saying I'm a Pacheco guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right uh, let's see we got another text coming in the Ravens lost the game in pregame yeah did you see this yeah. uh, Justin Tucker was stretching not moving his helmet and football holder so the Chiefs could warm up they kind of poked the bear he's saying and kind of revved Mahomes and and uh, Travis Kelsey uh, up a little bit. Kelsey was doing a lot of trash talking out there. Actually, was a uh, a little bit of a turnoff, I'll be uh, honest. Like, I almost thought it was, like, a little too much. I agree. And you know what? I love the celebratory factors in the NFL, make the game fun, NFL, no fun league. But you don't stand over guys like Joe Burrow said, and that should be okay to taunt the opposition because that leads to fights. That leads to all this stuff. I, I thought the game was a little too chippy, sure. and the referees should have controlled it And better. the Ravens clearly lost their cool more than the Chiefs. But you saw Travis Kelsey getting away oh, with a couple of post-play shoves. I saw game, one in the background. Bro. There was a camera shot. They didn't go back to it, but he like actually shoved the guy I, down I, I to think, the ground. I think he's become a little bit more brave because he has <laughs> Taylor Swift's bodyguards yeah. around him all he's game. He's got uh, the Swifty uh, security <laughs> detail in the house. Yeah. All right. We have a couple of callers. Sorry, Liz just uh, called my attention to it. A couple of callers on the line. Thanks for waiting. Brandon is on the line. What's up, Brandon? Hey, Canal. Great show. I'm a longtime listener. Hey, right long on. Call. Thank you. Yeah, but you know, I, I've, I've got to, I've got to agree with what you said about. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I, I bet on the game. I took the Chiefs uh, plus the points. And, uh, you know, with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, he just reminds me of, and, you know, if he keeps winning, he's got to be put in in the Mount Rushmore of athletes with MJ and Tiger Woods where mm-hmm. they just have this innate ability when, when, the, when, the, when the chips are in the center of the table and when it matters the most, the guy just comes through and performs flawlessly. I mean, he, didn't he start the game like 12 for 12? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, and, and here's the thing about Kansas City that's, that, that, make, that makes them great. And, you know, they're on the verge of the, the, the dynasty label, which I don't throw around too often. But they've reinvented themselves. They went from a high-scoring offense, you know, when they had Tyreek Hill and throwing the ball down the field. And now they're – basically a defensive team. I mean, they, they didn't even score a, 
I don't think they scored a single. The offense didn't do anything in the in the second half, and the way they just uh, you know controlled Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know they they blitzed a lot. Uh, they blitzed a lot. See, I, yeah, I mean, I really want to see how Brock Brock Purdy can handle that. But uh, yeah, I do agree with you. I think uh, the 49ers got to shore shore up their defense. They gave up a, a lot of yards. Chunk. Uh, the Packers and the Lions. Uh, in my opinion, the 49ers were kind of fortunate to escape both games Agreed. with the W against the Green Bay and Detroit. So, and if there's any, if the and if your defense is weak, believe me, Patrick Mahomes, uh, like any other great quarterback, will take advantage of it. So, um, I think I think I think the the odds makers made the 49ers a favorite. I think they, they might have thought that they have slightly the better overall roster, but I. I think I think uh, Patrick Mahomes has proven that uh, he's one athlete you don't want to put your money against. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Hey, thanks for the call, Brandon. Appreciate it. Yeah, and another thing to add to that call, and I agree wholeheartedly with what he's saying, is when you think about salary cap error, you think about the NFL parity. The draft is set up there. The salary cap is set up there, right? You think about the players they lost, Tyreek Hill and others, Nicole Howard, all these people. How do they continue to get back to the Super Bowl and play at such a high level? It, give Reed credit. Give the general manager credit because I, Isaiah Pacheco was in the seventh round. You start talking about rebuilding that defense. You're paying Patrick Mahomes. I think his salary cap is $55 million the hit. How do you do that? You do that through great coaching, but you do that through a superstar quarterback, and that's what he is. And that's why, to me, it is a dynasty almost already. He is almost Brady-esque already, and he will go in that pantheon of Mount Rushmore if he continues this trajectory. Yeah, I mean, the the model that they are applying, where they're paying buku dollars to that to guy, right? Um, deserving, obviously. But uh, at the expense of keeping some of the ancillary talent, right, and some of the, the, the weaponry in the receiving game. You know, Tyreek Hill was mentioned by, by Brandon. I, I kind of, you know, have been talking about that throughout the season. Like, you see how important a guy like that can be to the success of a quarterback or an offense because the Chiefs were much more pedestrian offensively this year than they have been previously. And yet, you have that go-to tight end target, right? And you have this quarterback who can raise the level on any given Sunday, particularly in the postseason where he seems to do his best kind of work. Like, that is amazing to me because they keep stripping away little parts of what would be his arsenal to keep that offensive uh, uh, attack as more of sort of a juggernaut level. Uh, they keep stripping away pieces and yet he's still able to get it done. And, and they convince each other they're the underdogs and they're the underdogs again which is a scary thing because when you go into Baltimore Stadium right and you have literal, uh, maybe the best kicker of all time. You throw his tee, you throw his football, you start doing all this stuff. He has this quiet <laughs> fire that says guys we're the defending world champions. Yeah. I'm Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You're a kicker. Get the heck out of here, bro. And then Kelsey gets involved, whatever else. And you know, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder yeah. because people are doubting this team. I know. I love it. Uh, we are up against a commercial break. I apologize. We have Don waiting on the line. Don, if you can just wait through the commercial break, we'll get to it first thing. Uh, we will be back. I got uh, Rich Miano here uh, in the house. He is helping me break down uh, the conference championship Sunday uh, as it was uh, yesterday in the NFL. want to remind everybody, though, that Kaha not only makes uh, incredible Aloha shirts, but awesome performance polos as well. Uh, you can wear one on the golf course. They keep you cool. Uh, they keep you comfortable. And they look great. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores or at kahala.com. All right, we'll be back. All right. 
right, welcome back. Kanoa Leahy, Rich Miano here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Got to get to Don. He's been waiting uh, very patiently. Uh, thanks so much for doing so. Uh, certainly appreciate that. What's up, Don? Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Uh, first, uh, can I, uh, um, my, my deepest sympathies for the... <laughs> yeah, the, your condolences. I know it does It does feel uh, <laughs> like we're mourning here today. Thank you. But I, I was rooting for the Honolulu, um, you know, blue. But, yeah, all right. Anyway... Next time, next time. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Thirty years but, from yeah, now. Yeah, concerned about yeah, but <laughs> but um, Mahone, I think he's a total package. Uh, besides his uh, accurate trap passing and um, understand the defenses and everything, his footwork is impeccable. He can run. He knows when to run. Split second, he sees something open. He's going. Uh, how how do you think Purdy would do if you were in that situation and trying to get a uh, some some yardage if he was under pressure. Well, I mean, we saw it. We saw it in that game yesterday uh, in that second half, you know, when the Lions were unable to get as much pressure on him in the second half for sure than what they did in the first half. But when they were sort of uh, getting that pocket to collapse a little bit, he was finding ways to get out and he was getting conversions and he was getting positive yardage with his legs, not something that's necessarily been associated with him. So uh, Purdy's got a little bit of that too, I think. Yeah, so you think they're evenly matched, I guess. Oh, no. I would not say that Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes are evenly matched. Well, one has a $450 million contract. The other one has a $3.85 million contract. So it's a little disparity in money as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one has a roommate and uh, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> has, has a mansion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, no, I don't think they're 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 even. Uh, but I, you know, I think that for what the 49ers like to do and what they have as far as an offensive scheme and what they have in terms of weapons, I think that he fits into that nicely. Uh, and he showed yesterday again for the second straight week, uh, even when it breaks down, uh, he can ad lib, uh, he can do some of that improv work, uh, and I think he led them to a couple of consecutive wins. No, I agree wholeheartedly. And when you look at him again, to compare him to Joe Montana would be obviously not a, a, even a, a conversation right now. To compare him to Patrick Mahomes would not be a conversation. But to say that this guy is a game manager, I don't think that is an insult. But he showed a little bit something different with that ability to scramble and, and get chunk yardage and extend drives. And last week he showed the ability to, at the end of a game to close a game out with a winning drive. So he's checking off. Off all the boxes and the players love this guy and that's important in the locker room for the players to believe in you and Fred Warner I think said it best you know in terms of after the game when he said basically game manager we love this guy he's all we need and and I think they firmly believe that this is the quarterback not only of the present but of the future all right texters uh, saying don't forget Casey's defense they were a key part of the win I think we talked a little oh, bit about that 100%. Chris Jones is an absolute beast by the way yep. on that D-line uh, 49 fan here was honestly rooting for the Lions to do well until about week 12 when I realized we needed the Lions to lose for the Niners to get the one seed. Um, this Niner fan saying, hey, look, um, you know, I think uh, you definitely can criticize some of Dan Campbell's uh, fourth down decision making, but uh, that is also part of his brand. And oftentimes it has been a good choice for them. But a little bit of a, uh, a, a sympathy kind of vibe from that 49er fan. Uh, 49ers are favored in the Super Bowl slightly, according to this text. Uh, because there is a lot more Bay Area money in Vegas than Kansas City 
cash, right? Um, I mean, maybe it is a money thing. Lines are set up to try to entice betting. That's also something 100%. that you should uh, also keep in mind. The line could change, right, based upon where the money comes in. Correct. But right now, you're exactly right. That's what they base it on. Those guys are experts. I, I had a thought, and tell me what you think of this thought, right? So when Lamar was running all over the field and had like 20 seconds to throw every pass, the, the defensive line, they were trying to alternate them like a hockey game, right? You bring in four new guys, four new But my thought, and I think this is going to happen, and I want to be ahead of my time when I say this, is you need linebackers that weigh 220, 230, 240, 250. You're backup guys. You're special teams guys. Train as pass rushers because in those situations where you have a Lamar, you have to have guys that can not only contain but can actually be athletic enough to chase him down. So my theory is, and it's only a 49-man roster or whatever, 53-man roster, and I don't know how many guys are activated, but you have to get quicker and smaller linemen for these passing situations because the big guys just can't do it. And I'm like, that's the next evolution in defensive football. That's kind of what you guys did with June, right? You would take like these uh, cornerbacks, make them safety, safeties, safeties, make them linebackers, linebackers, make them end rushers, that kind of thing, Exactly. But I think that's going to be more relevant as we get more athletic quarterbacks because it's embarrassing when that guy's back there. You're rushing to the level of football. You're trying to keep him in contain. And then he escapes and nobody on the field can catch that guy other than the spy guy you got to get smaller d linemen for those scenarios and i know there's roster limitations and you still got to stop the run but in those scenarios you don't have to stop the run you got to stop the quarterback and get to him and pressure him. uh the, speaking of pressure the chiefs were blitzing so much it just felt weird to me that the ravens kept running these like kind of long deep down the field routes it was like can we get like some shorter stuff here so you can get the ball out a little but, bit quicker? but that goes back to my theory that until lamar continues to be a better drop back guy a better guy reading coverage a guy that can get rid of the ball quickly, a guy that can make those short and intermediate throws, you're going to have the Lamar highlights. And they came close, and don't get me wrong, if you don't run into this hot Patrick Mahomes, you might have won a Super Bowl this year because they're good defensively. They're good running the football. But I still think it's pass first, run second, but you need that athletic quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And even sometimes where it's like, well, if you're going to run, like, go do it. Like, just be more purposeful in running. Quarterback draw, quarterback power. Use that guy because he's your best weapon. Yes, yes. I thought they didn't do that exactly. Yeah, yeah. and you know, when they did try to run uh, some shorter stuff or even some screen packages, which I thought uh, would be good against that uh, constant blitz, uh, he missed a lot of those throws. He missed a lot of a throws, lot of what would, bro. Should be like easy 50%, throws for him. You can't for a, win for a guy who's going to be a two-time MVP. Uh, all right, uh, another texter, guys. Did you check out today's first spring practice? Uh, heard Savannah Ryer is leaving the program. Is Nasty Nate talking about Nate Ilawa still with the program? Uh, I did not make it out there. I don't think you did either uh, this morning, uh, Rich. Uh, but Savannah Ryer is leaving the program. She just made that announcement uh, recently, as a matter of fact, uh, on Twitter, um, saying that she was thanking Timmy Chang and Matt Chon for the opportunity, but taking another step uh, in her journey. I don't know all the details about that. Uh, Nate Ilawa, from what I understand, is no longer in his previous position uh, with the program. Yeah, Nate is no longer the running back coach. Uh, Excuse me, he's no longer in recruiting. There was some talk of him becoming the running back coach. Anthony Arsenault, who has had a relationship with Timmy Chang, is now the running back coach. So, uh, unfortunately, Nate is a legend and and timed well served, but I think he's no longer part of that program at least from an administrative staff, I'm sure he'll still cheer those guys on. Those are his friends. That's his team. He bleeds green. And the Savannah thing, she seemed to do a really good job of that social media, the importance of having uh, somebody 
like that in the program. So they're going to have to replace her as well and uh, going to miss both of those. People. Yeah, yeah. You know, she was a pretty hot commodity and was getting a lot of offers from other programs and those kinds of things. So, uh, hey, look, you know, she has to do what's best for her. And uh, I think she was so effective in that position that word got out. And, you know, it, the more offers you get, the, the, the more likely it is that you're going to one day accept one of those. And, and I'm assuming that that's kind of how it went down there for Savannah Ryer. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we are going to get into our best and worst. Did you come prepared for that, uh, Rich Miano? Or, or are you going to be scrambling? Yeah. Uh, by the way, Call the Coach with Charlie Wade is tomorrow. It is presented by PAXA, uh, 6.30 p.m. live on location at Ruby Tuesday, Moana Lua. You can join us on site. Enjoy Ruby Tuesday specials, prize giveaways. Get the latest on Hawaii Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. We'll be back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Rich Miano is also in the house. He is our resident football guru. It's been a lot of fun uh, and has been somewhat therapeutic for me uh, here in the uh, day <laughs> after. Mental health therapy. <laughs> day after the uh, the tragic catastrophe that was uh, the colossal collapse of the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. All right, time for our best and worst. Uh, where do you want to start? Best? Well, yeah, I'm going to start with the best. And what I've, it's my new knowledge. My knowledge of time zones and flying private planes and the ability for Taylor Swift to educate me in the fact that you can go from Tokyo, then you go to Vegas, then you go back to Australia in three consecutive days. She may be tired, but shes <laughs> I never knew you could do that possibly because those are long flights. Yeah. Did you see this too? And I don't know if this is like just the internet playing a prank on everybody, but American Airlines uh, oh, yeah, just the flights. added flights yes. and, and they named them after... Uh, Kelsey a, and Taylor. Yeah. So they named one after uh, Taylor Swift's like album name right. or something, 1989. And then they also have a flight that was uh, cool. 87, which is uh, in honor booked. of Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So they're basically KC to Las Vegas and Las Vegas Super back Bowl to KC junkets. flights. Yeah, that's right. Uh, two weeks of this. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, my best is Tyson Alualu, who was on the losing Ooh, end like for it. the Detroit Lions, uh, but he was a midseason pickup initially on the practice squad. They activated him around week 15. Uh, his son got a pick six in the Polynesian Bowl, and last night, even in defeat, Tyson Alualu had a sack, had his big. moment, taking down Brock Purdy. Uh, and yeah, it wasn't really until the Niners scored that last touchdown that I really felt like, oh, this is over. Like, I kind of just had this weird sickness in my mind. Like, no, the Lions aren't going to blow this. Like, they're going to win. Uh, and it didn't happen. But that was a big moment for Tyson. Yeah. My, my worst may be anticlimactic. And maybe you can give me some mental therapy. Oh, I got some worst for you. <laughs> but but check it out. Football's over in two weeks. So I probably won't see you as often. I <laughs> yeah. won't be on the show. I'm not no longer a football guru. I'm going to just go off in the oblivion. But maybe <laughs> you can help me with some mental therapy like I've been trying yeah, to do. Yeah, well, you. it's your off season, so to speak. But you're always welcome to come by the show, Rich. We can always come up with an excuse to talk football or anything else. Don't worry. You can be uh, our... Appreciate you, You can be our everything That makes me feel better already. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll get you in here. Plus, uh, you know, I I need the help. (laughs) Anyway, um, uh, my worst... Where do I start? Uh, I will start, though, with uh, the uh, innumerable amount of text messages that I received from, quote, unquote, friends and acquaintances of mine. I was going to text you at halftime, too. Oh, my gosh. At halftime of yesterday's game. Um, and I can name a few uh, individuals. Uh, my, my classmate from high school, Michael Banton, on a text thread with some of my other classmates, uh, he texted me, and he's just like, congrats, Konoa. Man, the Lions are clearly the better team. A Super Bowl. Like, all this stuff. At 
have to. I don't okay. respond to any of these, right? Yeah. Uh, I get another one, Paul Cunney, the lawyer, Paul Cunney. He uh, texts me, and he's like, uh, hey, uh, if you have any connections in Vegas, you can use them and get some tickets for the Super Bowl. Let me know, blah, 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 blah. Well, I thought he was going to tell you, don't drive drunk after this game and when you win. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, th- those are just two examples of just a like laundry list of people that texted me uh, at halftime yesterday. Uh, and it just totally jinxed the situation. I blame them. Clearly, it wasn't that the Lions choked or that they didn't know how to handle themselves or Dan Campbell made some questionable decisions. It was clearly the uh, supernatural power of those people, those quote-unquote friends and acquaintances of mine who started texting me at halftime, uh, counting the proverbial chickens uh, before they I'm hatched. so glad I didn't text you because I was meaning to. Because th- I thought the game was physically over, and I'm like, that's why they play the game. Yeah. The game is 60 minutes. Win it in the fourth quarter. Wow. Yeah. No, you're right. Like, that's... Uh, <laughs> it's just... Oh, it's... It, I don't even know what to say. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. Try Domino's Mix and Match Special, by the way. Download the Domino's app. You can get a combination of items for just $8.99 each. You can choose from pizzas, pastas, boneless chicken bites, a whole lot more. You can find the Mix and Match deals under the coupon section on the app. Domino's Hawaii, they deliver aloha. Another worst, uh, another text message that I received, not yesterday because I think she was trying to take it easy on me knowing that I'd probably be pretty upset, uh, but today uh, got a text message with some photos from our good buddy Lori Santi, who was... Mm. At the game last night in San Francisco, uh, and boy, were those pictures a bunch of selfies of them smiling and having the greatest time of their life. And so, uh, it's yeah. nice to be a 49er fan. It's nice to be a 49er fan. It's uh, it's nice to face the Lions when you're in an NFC Championship <laughs> game. Uh, and uh, it's 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 always when you're down. Congratulations, th- Jesse Sapolo. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you can be down three scores, but if you're playing the Lions, <laughs> you're always in it. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks, to all the Texas and callers. That was a lot of fun. Rich, always a pleasure. Have a good one. See you tomorrow, everybody.